Hi everyone, welcome to HubShots episode 48, the podcast for marketing managers who use HubSpot or are considering using HubSpot. My name's Ian Jacob from Search and Be Found and with me is my co-host Craig Bailey from Zen Systems. How are you Craig? I'm really well. We're recording this on Monday the 22nd of August. And today is the last day of the Olympics. We had the closing ceremony at 9am this morning, Sydney time. That's right. Go for gold we say, or we went for gold. And now speaking of gold... Congratulations, Ian, because you're now a HubSpot Gold partner. Thank you, Craig. One of only eight in Australia, I might add. So well yes. done. I'm enjoying that. <laughs> All right. On to our inbound thought of the week. And inboundcountdown.com, you will actually find that we've got 78 days or less to inbound. So it's getting to the pointy end of town now. It is getting close. And I thought I'd highlight as we go to inbound... We, I really enjoyed the training that was actually the day the inbound started. So inbound starts usually in the night with the keynote. During the day, they have two training two training sessions, basically, one in the morning and one kind of mid-afternoon. And the training was fantastic. I loved it. So this year, it's even more affordable, and I'd encourage people to actually look at the training and look at spending that time educating yourself and furthering yourself with inbound. Yeah, I agree. I did it last year and well worth it day before inbound. I mean, you can do training at any time, but if you're going to inbound and you're away for the week and you just want that mindset and the mind space going and just put in a solid day of training beforehand. And you know, the other thing I wanted to highlight is that you can watch a lot of these academy projects where they actually do the training and you actually end up having a lot of the training with those people who actually run HubSpot Academy. And that's what I love. You can actually talk to those people, pick their brains, ask the questions and get some great responses. All right. On to our feature or tip of the week. Now this week, Craig, what have we got? All right. So interesting result. You know, we've talked about the HubSpot cause or the HubSpot website, website, pl- website platform. Uh, it's both those names. I still haven't. Yeah, uh, we're a bit confused. I haven't got consistent on that. It's all in the training. It's still called the cause. But yeah, the HubSpot website platform, which is basically their platform for building websites. Uh, Yeah, so that's been featured in G2 Crowd's, um, uh, what do you call them? Quadrant. And it came out number one. That's right. So it got a total score of 89 out of 100. And it's been named the number one in both the market presence and customer satisfaction. Now, that's pretty interesting when you think about all the content management systems out there. And to be rated in that spectrum, I think is fantastic. And I think we've discussed this many a time. It's one of those sleeping giants that's about to come and take over everything. And one of the things I love about it is the ease of use and how far it has come since it started. But ease of use and integration with the marketing platform is fantastic. Yeah, look, it is really good. And I always think it's very well, it's kind of niched in a way. It's If you want to build a marketing website... It's the perfect builder for it. Yes. If you want to build um, an event management site, it's probably not a good fit. No. You know, so whereas a lot of WordPress, for example, tries to be everything to everyone, yes. and it does do a lot, huge community, lots of sites, and it does that well. But HubSpot's very particular about what they want, and it's marketing, and it's all that personalization, and that smart content. And speed. And speed, and it's fantastic for that. For what it's aiming to do, that's why it's in the top right of the quadrant. It's doing really yeah, well. have a look and try it out. All right, challenge of the week, Craig. All right, this is a good one from you. Yeah, I come across this all the time when we're at the pointy end of getting things live or migrating people's websites and looking after their digital assets. And I say, my famous question is, can you tell me who has access to the domain? And they go, oh, I don't even know where that is. Oh, who looks after it? 
So one of the things I want to point out, if you're a marketing manager, know where all your digital assets are. Make sure you've got all the logins and you know where they're located, even your hosting, etc. Great way to manage your passwords is using something like LastPass or one password has a team edition now. You can use those tools to actually manage your passwords. And if you want to give access to certain people is you can actually share certain passwords with particular people with different access levels. And then you've got it all in one place and you're not scattered and you don't know where your assets are. I think that's really important. Yeah, it's a great tip. And the thing about that is often, so I know LastPass, for example, when you share passwords with team members, they can never actually see the password themselves. Correct. It's LastPass handles that and encrypts it all. So that's a really nice thing that you can have staff or you can have outside agencies that you share passwords with that they can use, but they can never see the passwords. So they can't actually log in and change passwords and yes. take over the account or anything like that. So yeah, yeah really useful. So I'll put that as a little tip. All right. Opinion of the week, Craig. This is very interesting about real-time platform selection. Yes. Yeah, so this actually came up because we were talking about real-time content, which came from uh, a little discussion we were listening to from David Meerman and Scott talking with Who's that really famous podcast host that we really like? Is it Moby? Moby Sadiq. Oh, that's yeah. the one in Mount Buzz. Hey, Moby, shout out to you. Uh, actually, that'll be in our podcast of the week later. But uh, Moby got a scoop. He was interviewing David Meerman Scott, who was in Sydney briefly. And uh, they were talking about that whole kind of real-time content. And it's just to put that in perspective, it's kind of having an agility. So planning out content strategically is, of course, a really good thing to do. But you also need to be present so if something comes up quickly, you can respond to it, have a message out in, in the market, and that can often drive a lot of traffic, especially if you're the first to, exactly. first to market, in a sense, with a, a piece of content. So then we're thinking about, well, actually, what about real-time platform selection? And again, you have strategies around which particular platforms or social channels. You might have a Facebook strategy and then others. But we're looking at this idea that, Kind of so many uh, marketing channels and social channels come and go quickly that just having a skill where you can quickly grab one, get on quickly, use it, and then it might burn out or might disappear is actually a key part of marketing managers' roles these days. And I think we, we, we love Gary Vaynerchuk, don't we? He's kind of the master at this. Yes. Any new platform he comes out, he gets on straight away to get that window of opportunity. Yes. And it's not as though he doesn't have overall ongoing strategies. Of course he does. But he picks channels to test with and get uh, quick momentum uh, and quick uh, benefit from. And so it's just this concept of real-time um, platform selection that marketing managers need to be considering. That's right. So I'll tie this into an interesting article that we've got here from AdAge, which says why marketers already like Instagram stories better than Snapchat. So this is a perfect example yes. of Snapchat had a market and still has a market, but Instagram have basically taken those same features and stuck it into their platform. And because they've got an existing user base, they're able to leverage that and why marketers are finding it easy to manage that. So, again, instead of using multiple tools, they're focusing on one, and they're actually liking the simplicity of those features. Well, that's an excellent article, and I like the example they used, which was um, Nike, I think. They were Correct. looking at shoes, and they had built a, a big Snapchat, well, not really a following, but a, a Snapchat uh, result when they are getting uh, snaps. 
they jumped onto Instagram stories on the very first day. So they've got part of their team who's mm. looking at that and looking at agility, bang, and they were actually getting better results from it from the very first day yeah. than they ever got on Snapchat, right? It's not saying they'll stop doing Snapchat because they've still got a strategy around it, but the agility with which they could jump onto a new platform, see if it works for them, is key, and they're getting success, ROI from that. Yeah, so again, test and measure. I think that's the biggest thing. And don't be afraid to try things out, but measure it and see what your success is. All right, on to our pro tip of the week, Craig. It's how to optimize video for every medium. I think this is a really good article from Conversion Excel. Basically talks about optimizing video for every medium and what that means. And I think the main thing is what's your business objective on that video platform? And then they actually detail how to use that video platform. So if what you're after is conversions, then you should be looking at video on your website and then converting those people. If you're after traffic, YouTube is a great place. If you're after retention and branding, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram is another great place for video. And that's more about the retention and branding strategy. So I'd encourage everyone to read that, take it in, and remember, solve for the problem. That's exactly right. I thought there was an excellent article. I hadn't seen this one, that, uh, but you uh, you found it really good, and it's got good examples. And uh, one of the things they highlighted was with uh, some videos you can have, uh, for example, you, YouTube, they can have spotlight annotations, which can have a call to action, which can drive through. Yep. Uh, but, yeah, absolutely right. What's the problem that you're just trying to solve with the particular channel that you use? And I, I'd actually not thought about it in those terms and – always thought oh well i'll have a video i'll put the same one on each of the different platforms you know get most exposure okay we need to be aware that they on facebook they probably have the sound off and on youtube they don't so we need to be aware of those things but just having this mindset as you said solve for the problem am i after conversions or brand awareness i think that's really useful yeah i think it's really interesting because i guess we all have an inkling and we've been doing it we just haven't quantified it like it has nicely quantified it so I'd encourage people to really read that and get, get into it. Yeah, great tip. All right, on to our state of inbound item. And so this is the part three of our setting up your first inbound campaign and promoting your content offer. Last week, we spoke about creating the content campaign. So creating your landing pages and call to actions, etc. And this week, it's about content promotion. So this is a really important part. And we've got a couple of really good tips and we've put in what needs to happen. So I'll just put in HubSpot projects, some of the things that actually happen in a, in this part of the campaign is actually embedding your CTAs on the appropriate website pages. People often forget that. They always embed it on their blog posts, embed it on your website pages, schedule your social media posts, write related blog posts, Identify a list of contacts who may be interested in your office. So that's people existing in your database and then send an email to your contacts. And then one of the things at the end is obviously reporting on your campaign. And I'll quickly touch on that. So I think one of the biggest things is that I've learned from people at HubSpot always telling me is promote your content on Twitter at least four times and test different times with different texts, different images and see how that goes. So Twitter is scrolls pretty quickly. And so testing at different times will definitely help. Is that what you found, Craig? I actually struggle with this because I'm I'm always thinking, oh, what's if they've seen it before? I don't want to I don't want to annoy them with the same thing. But then I think, hang on, I'm always flicking through Twitter, and I see this. And uh, you'll yeah, what's your actual visibility? 
it flies through so quickly. So that's exactly right. You know what, though? Remember last episode we talked about Larry Kim's yes. tip about testing it on Twitter, choosing yes. the best performing one, and then using that on LinkedIn? Correct. Because I think this being aware that you don't want to annoy people with overdoing it, that's much more appropriate for LinkedIn. Yeah, of course. You don't yep. just hit it up four times a day on the same article or four times on LinkedIn. But on Twitter, it's entirely appropriate. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. So there, there's a social media pro tip which I picked out of the out of the notes, and one of the things it says: promote your content offer. It doesn't just end just one or, after one or two posts. What you actually need to do is keep promoting months after your content offer has launched. So don't forget it. Go through, think about what other content offers you've got on your website that you can still promote today, and think about the messaging and who who would be after and actually promote it and actually get more traffic. You can be amazed by what happens over time. All right. And a content pro tip is about blog posts. So this is about creating related blog posts. A really great place to start is to actually look at your keyword tool and find any low hanging fruits. So see what similar keywords there are, see what things are related. So even do a search in Google, find out what's related and see what posts that you can write that really supports your content offer. And make sure it fully covers topic and addresses your buyer persona needs. So again, taking it back to buyer personas. Which we discussed two episodes ago. Because that was part one of this series, yes. I think it's been really highlighted to me, like everything comes back to buyer personas. Like we have to understand who we're writing this content for. And then once we do that, we can create great content, which will drive that content offer and the conversion of that content offer. Now, if you don't see the results in your campaign, I really encourage you to look at where your traffic's coming from, what demographic your traffic is. So like on social channels, you can kind of tell what the demographic that you're targeting and really see, is that right? It might not saying the right things, you know, maybe try a different version of your landing page. Maybe the cover on your ebook doesn't look that enticing. Maybe change the cover in your ebook. Just test and see what works. If you're well, not getting the results... Again, solve for the problem, right? Correct. Where's the actual problem occurring? You're yeah. driving traffic, but it's not converting? Yeah. Definitely do that. And I'll put a link to the Academy projects in HubSpot. It's a really great page where it basically breaks down step by step. You can also have this in your projects within your, your portal, but this will give you the step by step. And I really like about it. It's got the video. It's got the pro tips. It's got some key points. And it's a great way to follow along and know how much time you've got to devote to it. Yeah, they really are excellent. These I've been really impressed with these HubSpot projects. So check them out. That's a good link you've got there as well. All right, Craig, motivation of the week. I love this story. Share, please share with us. All right, so this is just another reminder of Facebook advertising. I, we love Facebook advertising. <laughs> we love Facebook advertising. And so much of AdWords budgets is moving over to Facebook. So here's another example. Uh, just did this last week, started a campaign testing for a customer. There's an ebook sign up, big global brand. We're driving, getting them leads for less than $5. So this is actually, this is not $5 to drive the traffic, but $5 to convert. To convert into a confirmed lead and they've gone through a double opt-in and everything into a database, $5 and So tell me, how much much would that cost on Google? So, well, this is it. On Google, clicks alone are more than $5 because this is in a really reasonably competitive area. And it's just an example of Facebook targeting with a right offer to a landing page. and it's, and it's an awareness piece, right? So perhaps um, uh, it's, that's harder to do often with, with awareness in Google search, but there's some pretty competitive terms that we're bidding on. 
And yeah, the the cost of AdWords is massive for very low return, whereas on Facebook it's just working. I'm not saying this is for every case. I've definitely had this for, we've had this for customers mm. where we run Facebook campaigns and they're not successful. So it's not like Facebook's a no-brainer, just put it up there and it will guaranteed work. It does, it does require um, testing and getting it right. But yeah, just another example of if you're not yet doing Facebook and this is B2B and B2C, you've got to be doing it in both. B2B especially, there's this myth that it's not working in B2B. I can tell you that's not the case. Yeah, I can I can attest to that. I had a chat with another customer today where we spent a lot of money on AdWords and I moved some of his budget as a very minor part onto Facebook. And after two months, he's come back to me and said, you know what, I think I get a lot more out of Facebook than I get out of Google. Can we move more budget from Google onto Facebook? And I thought that was a pretty pivotal point where suddenly they've had a realization that, yeah. hang on, this is not just for fun. This is actually working and bringing traffic and creating business in my business. Yeah, that's definitely right. I think when they see the results, it's easy. They're, they're won over. Often the problem, though, is that they don't even want to test on Facebook. It's like, no, no, Facebook's not where our industry is and that. So they don't want to even test. But once they do test and, they get, and you get the results, then it's a, an easy sell. All right. On to our resource of the week, Craig. And this is a really poignant one. It's moving websites from... HTTP to HTTPS. So if anyone's wondering what that is, it's securing your site with a security certificate. So you'll see it has the nice green padlock on the end. Google uses that as a ranking factor because it's looking for a secure website. And you've got a great article about actually implementing that. Yeah, so two articles. I guess I'd, uh, we, we won't go through it at this point. This is more just a mental note. If you are thinking about this, because I've had customers saying, oh, what's this HTTP to https thing i need to be aware of um what's the steps involved so they're almost they don't need educating on whether it's a good idea they've kind of been conditioned yet we should do it how do we do it so if you're in that group now where you're saying well how do we do it is there a checklist well here's the perfect one and uh this uh it's basically a google doc where she goes through here's all the steps uh, to do. If you want a few more details around why and some of the benefits, I've got a link to a uh, post on our agency site that just has a few more kind of considerations around it, but definitely the Google Doc one. Well worth um, checking out. So I've got a link to that in the show notes. Excellent. Now, community item of the week, Craig. This is a great one about slide shares with CTAs. And so we got it from inbound.org. So we'll share it there. But Key point is about if you write content for other sites, often they won't let you include CTAs in the content, but they have no problem if you have a SlideShare deck embedded, which itself has a CTA. So that's yes. a little great tip. It's a really good tip because you, you say you're doing some outreach and, oh, can I write a guest post on your site? And they say, oh, yeah, we love the content. Oh, can I put an, uh, a call to action for my ebook? No. <laughs> and why would they? You know, I wouldn't, well, you're on my site as if I'm going to let them. But what you do is, as exactly what you said, put the slide share. Or as we said earlier with the YouTube, you might have a YouTube that's got a quick annotation yes. in it to a call to action through to your site. There are, there are ways with other media formats when you're writing on other sites to get calls to action through to your own site. So just something to be aware of there. Great little tips. All right. On to our listener tip of the week, Craig. This is, again, a lovely one from Facebook. It's about actually don't automatically promote all your Facebook posts, but wait till you see the initial feedback from Facebook that says your post is performing 95% better than all the other posts on your page and boost it to get better results. 
You know, we've found that with Facebook, Facebook is smart. You know, they've got their machine learning. They know kind of what works. They know about your page. They know what's getting, what could be good traction. You might get a few likes. You think, oh, I think it's doing well. Facebook doesn't. It knows. But we've got some screenshots there in the show notes and you'll see, for example, Facebook will say, look, this post is performing better than 95% of other posts. Uh, Boost it. So then you go, oh, okay, I'm going to boost that one. And the advantage of this, because you could say, well, I was going to boost it anyway. I'm boosting all my posts. Well, no, be very selective. What if Be selective. If Facebook it. tells you to boost a post, not only do you just post boost it and go, oh, well, I'll just put the $10 of the 20 No, you go hard on that one. And we've got another screenshot where we had one of these examples yeah. where Facebook said, yeah, I should boost it. And so then we went, okay. And so we ended up spending about $1,400 boosting that one. And we got a screenshot of the results. Yeah, but I'm, I'm impressed. Like, when you look at the reach, you've almost got half a million people reached and you've got about 45,000 people engaged. Yes. Which, considering for that cost... Oh, this meant in the end we were getting, we were paying cents yes. per clicks and page likes. Yeah. Like it's phenomenal the results you're getting here. And when you see the screenshot, you can do the numbers yourself. But things like link clicks, we got 15, more than 15,000 clicks through to the site. That's out of a thirteen, uh, $1,400 spend. And then we had post likes, you know, 9,000. And not only this, but we found people were sharing it. We had almost mm. 4,000 shares. And that increased organic reach Correct. and then people, so when you actually see a breakdown kind of has later, a double effect, doesn't it? It does have a double effect because you get that organic reach yeah. amplified as well as the paid reach. So it's, it's of course, Facebook wants you to spend money and they put those messages saying, oh, you should boost this post. Well, when they do, chances are there's actually a good reason, hammer it hard. And we've also found just with other campaigns that, you might, this is just something to try, test the measure, but they'll say, oh, you should promote it. And so you're tempted to say, oh, look, I'll put $100 over the next seven days. And I say, actually, don't do that. Put it all on one day. Yeah, right. Yeah, okay, that's a good tip. It, yeah, slam it down and see the, the results straight away because there's often a compounding effect. And we've, stu- we've seen this actually with some webinar promotions that yeah, right. we've done where we actually really front load all of that um, budget. So instead of over seven days, all on one day, in fact, we've blown like a whole week's budget in one day just because the ROI was so much better. Again, test the measure. Don't take that as, you know, it's always going to work for you. Let me just go change my campaign now, Craig. Oh, yeah. So actually, if there is one thing I do, I always do one-day campaigns straight away. Right. That's a great tip. Yeah. All right. I just put one before when we were doing our show notes. Oh, yeah. And I actually, yeah, I actually put it for a day. Right. I was considering seven days, but... I might increase my budget on it. Yeah, look, and it also depends what you're trying to do. If you just want even exposure and that kind of repeated, you know, awareness top of mind, you might say, oh, look, it's going to be an ongoing thing. But if you want to get that compounding effect, then, yeah, try the one-day campaigns and really... Fantastic tips. If if that's the only thing I take away from today, I think I've got a lot. Okay, well, there you go. Let me know how it goes. Yep. (laughs) All right, podcast of the week. And today we're going to talk about... We're going to say... About Bobby's inbound buzz. Yes. Um, he interviewed David Meerman Scott. Who's fantastic, yes. So, so he, he kind of, dis- I, I listened to this uh, this afternoon and they kind of said he's like the godfather of inbound marketing. Yeah, I think he said godfather. I wonder if he meant grandfather. I, yeah. yeah but, <laughs> but whatever. But yeah, he's kind of, he's not a newbie on the scene. He's been doing this for a but long well time. Well worth the listen. I would encourage you to listen to it. You'll pick up some great James in there like, we did, and we had a great conversation about it. Yeah, so. so check that out. Well done, Moby. Nice scoop there. Well done. 
All right, app of the week. Now, this is an app that I've been running. Now, Craig, you have a different version. <laughs> you use it and you took it off. But I use it. It's called Momentum, and it's a personal dashboard designed to eliminate distraction and provide inspiration, focus, and productivity. So you have this running on Google Chrome that's on your desktop. So whenever you open a new tab, you get it says, Hi, Ian, what's your focus for today with the time? So you kind of see that you can put a to-do list and so on. I really enjoy it. It's some fantastic imagery. And I always look and I get inspired. And I'm like, wow, that's fantastic. But you get distracted. So you took it off. <laughs> I took it off because every time I open a new tab, I was like, oh, I'll spend some time just looking at this beautiful photograph. It's like, no. So anyway, it's a great, it's a great app. Yeah. And try it out. If you don't like it, delete it, take it out. But we've got a link to it anyway. Yeah, nice one. All right. And finally, our quote of the week. It's from Brian Halligan. It says, you can't outspend the giants, but you can outthink, outteach, and outhelp them. I think that's really apt. I love it. Considering what we were talking about. You can actually outhelp, outthink. Well, just picking up on that outhelp them, that uh, ties back with David Meeman Scott, who's got, uh, I think his latest book is that, you know, the new rules around sales and customer service all about are you the most helpful, providing yes. the most value? It's always that provide value point, isn't it? So That's right. Can you out-help the big guys? I think you can. Absolutely. And here we are at the end of episode 48. We'd love to hear from you. Please uh, join our WhatsApp group. So go to the website, hubshots.com slash WhatsApp, and give us your details and we can add you to the group. We have discussions about what goes on, anybody that finds great tips and anything else that's going on in marketing land. Love for you to join us at Inbound. If you're doing Inbound by yourself, let us know. We'd love to not make that experience so lonely for you guys. And you can join us, meet some great people, and have a great time while in Boston. Hubshots.com slash WhatsApp. So, yep, fill out the form and we'll add you to the group. All right, guys, till next week. We'll see you then. See All you, right. Greg. See you then. Thank you for listening to this episode of Hubshots. For show notes, resources, HubSpot news, including practical strategies you can implement, visit us at hubshots.com.